here's the bonus episode. I want to talk about the Zach Mills award. I need to set this up because this is going to be the last Zach Mills award ever because it's the greatest one of all time. It's down to three. And these are the greatest Zach Mills contenders ever quarterbacks who started out their career hot and got progressively worse. So we've got Hank Bachmeyer who seemed like a lock was Boise's, you know, alleged star got benched now transferring to wake, but he is a distant third behind two other guys, Spencer Sanders from a alleged star at Oklahoma state, then to Ole Miss couldn't even play now academically ineligible. Can't even go to the bowl game. And we've got JT Daniels, who, despite his best efforts, goes from highly touted at USC to the guy who's supposed to win a championship for Georgia and gets benched for Stetson to uh, mediocre at West Virginia to Rice to uh, medical retirement for concussions. So give me a little teaser of who's going to win this Zach Mills award. It's going to be Mr. Sanders uh, because... As a freshman, they were like, he might be the next top, whatever, five pick in the draft. And he's not, he's, he, he, he might get a trap with the Argonauts. That's his <laughs> ceiling. The ceiling is the Argonauts. And that's it. All right. Speaking of guys who you would think would be on the Argonauts, but are doing well, Tommy DeVito says, cut out the Italian shit. I just want to play football. Is he making a huge mistake not embracing these Italian roots? Massive mistake. You need to uh, embrace it all the way. He's actually, you know, a story on on ESPN right now. I mean, who would have thought that? So that's a mistake. I think I told you this, but his agent went to college with me, Marist College. He was a couple years ahead of me. But uh, recently I've seen, uh, I've been getting photos that my friends took where they're, they're just looking through photos and like, oh, this guy's in the photo. So I have it on good authority that he's uh, not playing a character and has in fact always been like this. Used to wear uh, Dolce and Gabbana and Armani jumpsuits to the gym. Ryan, anything to add about Tommy DeVito? No? No. (laughs) I never liked him. Don't care. Can you believe that guy was an elite 11 quarterback? That's what I will say. Tommy DeVito was on the was in the Dilfer Elite Eleven camp a bunch of years ago. That's a joke. Ryan, speaking of a joke, you coined the snowplow for the Buffalo Bills version of the Tush Push, and ESPN Dan is, did. Oh, Dan did. Give Dan all the okay. Credit. Well, all either way, it was coined on this show a week or two ago, and ESPN is now ripping us off using this. So, would you like to say anything to the folks at ESPN? Um. They constantly rip us off. The, the the big media constantly is stealing from take the points. And, you know, at some point it would be nice for them to give us some credit for stealing from us. But, you know, got to credit Dan. He was all over that. He had that text out to us within like four, four seconds. I don't, <laughs> I don't think they even unpiled. <laughs> the, like the team at that point, like they hadn't even unpiled the, the pile up no. after that. And Gil, was Gillum's hands us. were still on Josh Allen's butt. <laughs> Snowplow so, touchdown. Yes. Except in, in Buffalo, see on national media, they're calling it the snowplow, but in Buffalo and Buffalo media, they call it the snowplow <laughs> because, because of Dion Dawkins. That's <laughs> like his, that's his like thing. It's, he always says, let it snow. 
Yes. That's like his, it's all his, all his merchandise he sells like on his website. It's all snow. So that's what they're calling it because of him. They're calling it the snow plow. Good. Well, we were ripped off by that. Pretty much every show has their own version of the tarmac report now, which is a travesty. Um, Dan, curb your enthusiasm coming back for its final season ever. Yeah. Where does this rank on the greatest shows of all time? Mm. Somewhere in the top 10, depending on, you know, there, there's a lot of shows and I mean, my, my list changes. I mean, all of us have different lists. Um, Mm -hmm. Somewhere in the top 10. I don't know if it's necessarily top five. Not that it's not amazing. It's been on so long. You forget how long. It's like 20 years at this point. It's almost um, too good. Like you just kind of forget it. There's only, there's some episodes and moments that stand out, but there's never like, you know, a finale of the Sopranos type moment. What's, dude, what's, what's your favorite curb moment? Mine is either the 20, uh, Palestinian chicken or the beloved aunt. First of all, first season Curb was in 2000. So we're talking 24 years ago, which yeah, is he left, wild. He left Seinfeld to focus on Curb. Um, Favorite Curb. Off the top of my head, uh, the yeah, the Palestinian chicken one's really great. I love that one. That is phenomenal. Um, I like when he sits courtside and trips Shaq, <laughs> and then Shaq hurts his knee, and he's, Shaq's playing Scrabble in the operating room and he catches the team Lakers trainer cheating against Shaq. And cause he pulls his, his, but anyway, that one's good. Palestinian chicken's good. I also like the one where they're at the golf course and they kill the swan uh, <laughs> by accident. And they have to lie to Mr. Yamaguchi and Mr. Yamaguchi goes up to uh, Larry's agent um, or manager um, Jeff. And is like, you have the wife who speaks a lot. And he goes, yes. And I don't bring her, her around here anymore out of respect to you, which is a great, <laughs> great comeback line. Um, I, re- I really love the, um, the spite store episode. The, the last episode mm-hmm. from a year or two ago, very strong uh, contender. All, all the episodes uh, where they have the family from Katrina move in, like Leon's Correct. first step, like JB's, no, that JB Smooth's first three episodes might be the three best ever. They're so fucking funny. the The season finale of that episode where he gets with uh, who is it, Vivica or whatever, is like the the like the best two minutes of TV. Where Susie knocks on the door, and she opens up. And she's like, "You don't talk to my man like that." Larry's in the background, like, <laughs> "I got someone to fight you off," and she slams the door in her face. And this and the show ends. Just A plus, and um, also don't forget about all the stuff they did in New York City with the um, with the play, the producers with Schwimmer and Ben Stiller, which is oh, yeah. A plus. This is the problem. Stab, I mean, there's so much stab that you Stiller just, in the eye. You just forget the, the stuff. Yeah, I mean, they did the a, uh, iron swing move that his um, special golf tip he learns about keeping his elbow tucked, and he stabs Stiller in the eye with the uh, hors d'oeuvre. Um, uh, pick that's funny, and then Schwimmer's dad. God, there's so many. Schwimmer's dad, uh, owns the um, it's like an almond and whatever package. And Larry's like, I don't think there's enough almonds in your fruit and almond package. And he's like, Thanks, Larry. But that was also the first time Schwimmer things. was cool, 
Yeah, so funny. Schwimmer was hysterical. It was like, oh, this is the John guy Hamm. from Friends. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, final thing. It's uh, it might be number five. This is our Christmas episode. It. Merry Christmas to everyone. Dan and Ryan both weigh in. What is the best Christmas song? I actually want two from you. I want like an actual Christmas song, like in the more traditional Christmas one. And then give me your best like pop or rock Christmas song. Uh, Best traditional Christmas song, Little Drummer Boy. Best modern one, uh, Kinks, uh, Father Christmas or um, Run DMC, uh, Christmas and Hollis Queens. Very good. Ryan? Um, hmm. Interesting. I'm going to go for traditional. I don't think you can go wrong with just a straight up Bing Crosby white Christmas. Like just Bing Crosby in general. Like that guy just crushes those Christmas songs. Um, Bing and Bowie. Yes. Bing and Bowie. Um, and then as far as like modernish, non-traditional, Springsteen, man. Santa Claus is coming to town Springsteen. My dad played that. Oh, yeah, that's good. I forgot about that. All the, every year at Christmas, he played that song all the time. And it's so good. He's the boss, man. That's going to be my answer. That one, I think, is the best rock and roll Christmas song. I will give a special shout out. It's not the best, but it is a fun one. Is the I'll Be Hating You for Christmas by Everclear. I like. Oh, and. Okay. uh for pop, I'll give a pop one. I mean, I think Last Christmas is by far the best, like, pop Christmas song. Um, and uh, I'm a Andy Williams fan for the traditional ones. I love the Andy Williams doing the the, uh, the classics. Mr. Andy, I used to eat dog food Williams. Very good. Long line. When I was a music writer, we would always come across um, stories about celebrities that were poor, you know, as many of them are before they make it. And you'd be surprised how many famous people ate dog food. That was a big thing way back in the day that always cracks me up. So Andy Williams, uh, ate a lot of dog food. He said it wasn't that bad. Hard to imagine. All right. Uh, so did my, so did my uncle, by the way, did he, was he, is he on the list of dog food eaters? I have a great admiration for people who, uh, eat dog food in order to make it. Uh, yeah, when my uncle was a kid, he used to break into the neighbor's garage and eat their dog food and then wash it down with gasoline. Uh, all right. I need more explanation on the gasoline. It was what was in the garage, right? Like you keep your snowblower, your lawnmower in the garage and he's just like, I need something to drink. This dog food's pretty dry. Let me wash it down with a little, little swig of gas. Um, that the dog food thing I get, you know, it's like cheapest version of sustenance gas. seems like he could find another thing. Uh, it got to the point where they couldn't control him when he was that young. So my grandmother used to chain him to the laundry pole, like a dog. They'd put like a, like a dog leash, like a collar and a leash on him and then tie it to the laundry pole in the backyard. So he could just run back and forth without breaking into the neighbor's house all the time. Um, so yeah, here's the thing I want to say about Christmas guys. Cause I saw this recently on a Reddit thread about Christmas songs. So it's good. You kind of brought this up, Tom. 
and they were making jokes about, you know, best Christmas songs. And they're like, here's the funniest Christmas song. What song was number one on the UK billboard charts? Christmas 1992. Uh, it, is it that one? Like, do they know it's Christmas in Africa? That's 84. Nope. 92. <laughs> 92. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. That's pre Mariah. Early, early new metal. Don't but know. The, the number one single Faith no on, more. The U- on the UK chart in 1992 was killing in the name. Oh, I thought Rage it was, a, the I thought it was a Christmas song. You would think that a Christmas song would be the number one single on Christmas. However, no, in the UK, it was killing in the name rage of the Mach- radiance machine. I thought that was really funny. The people on Reddit were like, that's hilarious. <laughs> it's very good. Hey man. Fuck Andy Williams. I won't do what he tells me. Oh, uh, let me say also a shout out. Uh, I forgot to mention Felice Navidad rocks the most of the like more traditional Christmas songs. That song straight up rocks. So Felice Navidad also is one of my favorites. Uh, I hear it every weekend, Tom, when I go to the ranch market, because it's, ranch it's market's my, ha- it's my happy place in Phoenix. I go there like every weekend. It's the best. It's the Mexican market. It's amazing. Anything else you guys want to say before we wrap this up? No, I'm good. Uh, if you're a degenerate gambler, make sure you're betting John Morant props. He came back tonight, went for 34 and the game winner yep. uh, in his first game back. So go ahead and just rock those Morant props. He's going for 40 like every other game. I'll be betting the Bills minus 13 over the dead carcass of the Los Angeles Chargers on Peacock. On Christmas Eve. Easton Stick. Not great. No. He was in the pre-Washington being cool era. I am not hoping, but kind of hoping he gets injured so that they have to go to rookie quarterback Max Duggan out of TCU. Oh, no. Is Max not an option? He was cut today. Oh, fuck. Because I wanted him and Quentin Johnson just to go nuts and throw it, throw it all over the field. They released him so they could sign former Neil Brown quarterback. Oh, no. Will Greer. Will, my man, Greer. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Will's underrated because he's underrated. He's actually, I guess he was really good at Florida, actually. He was good at West Virginia, too. He was way better at West Virginia than he was at Florida. He was throwing for 200 against the Bills. Florida Florida was ranked like fourth in the country before he got injured that one year. Will Greer's actually like the 25th best quarterback in the NFL. Like right. that's not an exaggeration. I would take him over uh anyone on the Jets, uh anyone on the Steelers, uh anyone on the Clowns. Uh he'd, with that big beard, with that giant beard. The entire NFC he'd be a the good entire Steelers AFC, QB. He's better than anyone in the AFC South, all of them. The entire no, conference. Trevor Lawrence and Stroud are pretty good, dude. And Anthony Richardson could be good. Okay. Stroud's good. I, I'm worried about Trev. I don't think he's good anymore. I don't I don't know what's going on with him. I think he might well, be he bad. just doesn't care. Well, that's the I thing about Trev. Trev only cared about college football. He doesn't that care is, at all about that's Jacksonville. That's correct. That is 100%. It happens to a lot of the Southern college football players don't care about the pros. He already achieved, who was he married. achieved the pinnacle. He was married yep. in college already, like, that guy was a grown adult by the time he was 20 years old. He could care less about the NFL. It's just a paycheck. 
He won a national title as a freshman. Mm-hmm. And after that, he did not care. He stopped caring about football really at age 19. He was like, we're done here. I'm going to go number one in the draft and be a millionaire. NFL stupid. He's the only Close guy enough. where you're like, he peaked at 18 and you mean it as a compliment. Yeah. He just doesn't like, I just don't think he cares. I think there's a chance though in like five years, he goes to another team and he's like, okay, you know what? I want to win a Super Bowl real quick. And like, he might get him on like, the Falcons. Go to some random team. Yeah. Something like that. And then get him, bring him home. Everybody. Bring him home to the Falcons. Or like in five years when Carolina gets rid of Bryce Young, he'll go there and be like, okay. I'm 30. Watch this and then kill everybody. Like it's, there's a good point. He could be a super late bloomer. He might take 10 years off in the middle of his career. They come back and kill everyone. Maybe he'll do a um, reverse Samson where he cuts his hair off and then becomes super good. Ooh, I like that. Very possible. All right. That's what I'm predicting. He's going to suck for three years. He's going to get traded to the Falcons, cut his hair. It's going to be the new Trevor and then he'll be MVP. Perfect. All right. A nice Christmas turnaround story. All right. Merry Christmas to the two of you. Thanks everyone for listening. And we'll be back in a week and a half.